Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. I am so excited about this series um, and a lot of what we're going to be doing in this series because this series is all about our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with each other, our relationship with our community. And uh, it doesn't get any better than that. One of the, I don't know if you've ever been to a Clemson game. I'm sure most of you have. It's, it's one of the great experiences in the world. If you haven't done it, you need to do this. I don't get a chance to go very often, but I've had some memorable experiences. One, probably the most memorable experience that I, of a Clemson game that I went to, it was, I did it on a whim. Like I wasn't planning to go, but it was Saturday and I thought, you know what, I think I'm gonna go to a game. And I didn't have a ticket, didn't have time to call anybody, so I went solo. I went all by myself, along with 87,000 other adoring fans. But I went over there, um, and I didn't have a ticket, so I found somebody selling tickets on the side of the road, and I bought a ticket, didn't know where it was. And so I get up to my seat, and I'm, and I'm thinking, this is going to be great, until I got to my seat. And then when I got to my seat, I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Because before the game had even started, things were going already the wrong direction. Behind me, sitting right behind me, there was this husband and wife who were fighting like cats and dogs, even before the game got started. And she was staggering drunk already. They must have been tailgating for a long time. She was so drunk, and they are arguing back and forth. This is going on behind me. And then at one point, I hear her say, I think I'm going to be sick. Now, this is really now, she's right behind me. I'm thinking, this is not good. And then this beside me, I got like this whole row of these college girls. And right beside me is this ditzy blonde-haired girl. And there I'm like, oh, I am so out of place in here right now. I don't think, I don't belong here. This is what I'm thinking. I don't belong here. I wish I was home watching it on TV. But then the game got closer to get started. And you know the scene, right? The buses are driving around with the players and, uh, and the band's out there, and all of the excitement in the air, and the music's going, and people are getting really pumped up, and then all the players come, the cannon sounds off, they rub the rock, they run down the hill, the most exciting 25 seconds of college football, and they run down the hill, and it's just going crazy, and at this point I'm going, maybe I do belong here, this is okay, and then the game gets started. And then Clemson is like just taking control. It is awesome. People are pumped and we're all dancing. And, and the next thing I know, like, like the girl beside me, the ditzy blonde, she's got this hot dog and she's got, it's got ketchup and mustard all over. We're all dancing. She spills it on me. I'm like, I don't even care because I'm having so much fun. This is great. Then they score a touchdown. I'm high-fiving the drunk girl behind me. It's awesome. I'm like, I belong. I need to be here. These are my people. This is my, the Orange Army. We're all in this together. And I felt like I belonged in that moment. But can you imagine now in the different scenario, maybe let's just use this as an example. Clemson's playing North Carolina State. In Clemson, you're a North Carolina State fan. You show up to the game. You don't have a ticket. You do what I did. You bought one from somebody on the street. You're all by yourself. You don't know where the seat is, but then you get up there in the middle of the Clemson student section. And you're the only one wearing red in the sea of orange. And you're thinking you're at that moment. I don't belong here. I don't know what I'm doing here. I wish I could just leave. We all have this innate desire to belong. I believe that God put it in there. Like we, this is why people join gangs. This is why we join clubs. 
civic organizations, professional organizations, sororities, fraternities. We, we want to belong to something, and it really is a difficult emotional navigation when we don't feel, feel like we belong. You know, one of the best places you can belong is not just those things. It's the big C, capital C church. It's when you give your life to Jesus, you belong to him and you belong to the big C, the capital C church across the world. And it's a great thing. That's the most important thing you could be a part of. But the Bible teaches that's not quite enough. As followers of Jesus, it's not enough to just be part of the capital C church. We need to be a part of and belong to a little lowercase small c church this local body of believers that we come together and we corporately worship and we serve one another and we impact our community. We need to be a part of that. We need to belong to that. That's how God created us. And in scripture, over and over again, we're, we're told the importance of the local church. We're told of how we need to be involved in it. In fact, the Bible uses a lot of analogies and metaphors to describe what the local church is like. And today, this is what I want to do. I want to give you three of those metaphors because you may be on the fence today. You may be here, you may be watching online, and you're not really convinced that you need to be a part of a local church. If, I'm hoping it's here, but if it's not, you need to be part of a local church somewhere, like, like a part of it, to get engaged in it, to belong to it. And so I'm hoping through Scripture that the Holy Spirit can convince you, not me, but the Holy Spirit can convince you that you need to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And so let me give you some metaphors today as we begin this series about how we can relate to our God and each other and our community. And let's talk about the local church. What's it like being part of a local church? Well, the first metaphor is this. It's like being part of a body. The Bible uses this one probably the most. It's like being part of, the, of a body. And, and again, we, we relate to this and these examples because we have a body. Obviously, we know that our bodies are one and they have a lot of different parts and yet they make up one body. And this is what the Bible says about the church. In Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, it says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. That's the church. So it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. He said each part of the body has a special function. Think about your own body. Like you, your body, one body, different parts, everything has a function. The way that God created us is, is amazing. Like my hand has a function, my eyes have a function, my ears have a function, my heart, my liver, my kid, everything has a function. That's the way that God created us. And when it's working right, it's a beautiful thing. Our eyes see, you know, and all those things, and it, and it works right. Our nose smells, our feet run. Sometimes our feet smell and our nose runs, but that's it's, 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 it's part of the function, right? And when you are called into a local body of believers, you have a function. You have a special ability. You are unique, and, 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 and God brings you into this thing, and and, and you become part of it. And even in the early days, I remember when I first started going to church, I didn't think I had anything to contribute to the church. I mean, I didn't see where I fit into anything. I didn't have any, that I, any known gifts or talents or abilities. I didn't, I didn't feel like I could, I could add any value to it. 
But here's the, here's the truth of this thing, is that even though you might not know that you bring value, you do. That's why God brings you. There are parts of our body, the Bible talks about in Scripture, this example, there are parts of our body that are, that are more kind of, you know, more discreet, and yet they do very important functions. Think about all your internal organs. They're kind of behind the scenes, but they're doing a lot of things. And sometimes I think we look at, at things like what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm speaking in front of people, and we go, well, that's the important stuff. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. That's part of it, but it's only one function of a body. Some of you are the hands and the feet. We're all going to be the hands and feet of Jesus on October 29th, right? We're all going to show up. We're all going to serve. And we're going to make a difference in our community. But some of us are, are, are different parts of that body, and, and if you don't know what it is, we'll help you figure that out, but, but you're not here by accident. You're here by design. And he says, we each have a different work to do, and that's so true. And as long as you're part of the body, as long as I'm part of the body, as long as any part of my body is attached to the body, there's health, right? Let's use, for instance, my finger. My finger, as long as it's attached to the body, can do finger things, right? I can move my finger, have dexterity. But if, my if I had a tragic accident and I, and I had my finger was severed, if it weren't reattached to the body very quickly, it would wither and die because it's lost circulation. And I think there are a lot of people who, who don't see the value of the local church and, it's, and it's, they, they become detached and they don't realize the harm they're doing themselves, not to mention the fact that they're no longer serving the function in which God had called them in that local body. I think a lot of times we hear, I hear people say, well, I, you know, I love Jesus, I, don't, I just don't like the church. That's so non-biblical. I understand the church is not perfect. But the fact is, the Bible is, is clear that all of us needs to be part of this thing. You're part of a body, the big C, and you need to be part of the little C church. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is from the message translation. I kind of like the way it, it words it. It says, you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. He talks about something there, it says we used to have this kind of this piecemeal life, this kind of independent life, and then when we give our lives to Jesus, we're no longer independent. We're interdependent. Just like in your body, there's no independent parts of your body. They're all interdependent on one another. Even though my, my, my hand is not independent of itself. Like I, even if I move just my hand, it's not an independent movement. There are nerves and, and thoughts and all kinds of things go into that, and that's what the Bible says. We're, we're no longer independent. When you, when you say yes to Jesus, you are now interdependent. You need me. I need you. It's just, it's just the way it works. And I think sometimes we underestimate how important that is. When one part of the body celebrates, we all celebrate. When one part of the body grieves, we all grieve. When one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. That's the way, that's the way a body works. You ever hit your thumb with a hammer? Like your thumb hurts, but your whole body hurts. Like everything hurts. I remember when my, when, when my, my, my kids were young, my daughter was young, 
we, when we lived in Florida, um, we were at a, a, a kind of a church gathering at somebody's house. It was, they lived on the intercoastal waterway, and there was a house, and then they had a dock. And so the, most of the adults were up at the house, and some of the kids were down on the dock. And one of the kids was fishing. And he was, he was a kid, and he wasn't paying attention. And my daughter was standing behind him, and he went to cast. And when he did, the hook, a hook went right into her lip. And all I hear is this blood-curdling scream. I immediately know it's my daughter. You can tell, you know. So we go, everybody goes running down there. And there's this, there she is with this hook in her mouth. Now, the kid thinks he's caught on a limb. And he keeps going like this, like trying to get it loose. My daughter's going, huh, and she's screaming. And, and I've come down here. I cut the line. We rush her to the hospital. And I'm going to tell you something. When, when, when that hook is in her mouth, it's not just her lip that was hurting. Like everything hurt in her body. We hurt as her parents watching her experiencing that. That's the beauty of being part of a body of believers that we're in this together. And as we say around here, we're better together. Like being part of a church is like being part of a body. The second metaphor the Bible teaches, it's being part of a church is like being a brick in a building. It's like being a brick in a building. It says this, it says, God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used, he used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus. It's a cornerstone that holds all the parts together. I want you to picture now this idea that God is using us like a brick in a building, like we're stone by stone, brick by brick. He's playing, like Jesus is the master brick mason. And he is putting the bricks in place the way that he wants to, one by one. And, and, and he is the cornerstone. We sang about it a second ago. He's the cornerstone. He's the, he's the foundation. In those days, they didn't pour slabs. They had a cornerstone to go in the field and find a cornerstone and the cornerstone was the strongest stone they could find and they would put it these stones in the four corners but the cornerstone would stand in the one corner where all the really the the the, the work was being done all the weight was was really engineered to take and that cornerstone held the whole structure together well jesus is the the brick mason putting us all together and we're like a construction site we're like I-85, the construction never ends, right? We're all under construction. It's like, when's the construction ever going to stop on I-85? Never. It's never going to stop. As soon as they get done over here, they'll start over there. This is the way it is with us. Until we get to heaven, we're under construction. And he's taking us brick by brick, stone by stone. And I remember we built our house. I thought to myself, I want something super low maintenance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to do brick. And that's what our exterior is, all brick. And I remember, because again, coming from South Florida, you don't see a lot of brick. I remember watching the brick mason do the brickwork on our house. It was, it was really intriguing. And he would, he would take that, just kind of brick by brick, put it up there. And every now and then, he, he took his time, meticulously put it up there. And every now and then, he'd have a brick, put it up there. And he didn't like the way it looked. And he would throw it out because maybe there's a little flaw or something was, it just didn't fit the way it was supposed to. He would get another one, put it right in there. And this is what Jesus is doing. As he builds his church, is it irrespective of how we got here? It doesn't matter how you got here, but you're here. And he's put you here. You're not here by accident or coincidence. He's putting you here, and he's placing you where he wants you. And what we need to do is step up to the plate and say, you know what? That's what I want. 
Jesus, I just want to be used by you. I want you to place me wherever you, wherever you see fit. You know what's kind of weird about a, a, a brick mason and when he builds a wall is that if that wall, a beautiful, let's say he did a beautiful exterior of a home and there was one brick missing, instead of everybody going, look at that great brickwork, they'd say, why is that stone missing? Where's that brick at? And that's how important it is for all of us to understand when God calls us to a place that you need to be there because God's called you to it. I, I gotta tell you something. A couple of years ago, I think the church, Big C Church, was tested with this thing called COVID. Because what it did is it displaced a lot of us, right? None of us could meet for a while. They told us, hey, you can't really meet. It's too risky. So we didn't. But then as soon as we could, we started meeting again. That's been over two, two years, I guess close to two and a half years now. And some people have never found their way back to church. They're like the brick that's laying over there in the pile somewhere. And they just kind of got out of the habit. And a lot of them right now, here's the problem for a lot of them. Not only are they out of the habit, but a lot of them are like, they're kind of embarrassed to come back now. Like everybody's gonna ask me where I've been. Can I just tell you, no guilt here, no shame here. If you're watching online, Look, and you're saying, man, I know I need to get back there. Come on back. You're part of this family. You're part of this body, right? You're, you're missed. That brick is missing. We miss you. We want you back. But a lot of people have, have substituted online. Um, and I'm glad we have online, by the way. It serves a purpose. But most of the people that watch online are not doing it for COVID reasons. It's doing it for, because they like to stay in their pajamas <laughs> instead of coming to church. But let me tell you something, it's not the same as being in the house. It's not the same as being in the house because there are other things that go on. It's not just about watching something, it's participating. It's being a part of something. And it's what God says is important. So it's like being a part of the body, it's like being a brick in a building, but it's also like being a member of a family. Third metaphor, it's being in a church is like being a member of a family. Ephesians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 19 says, you are members of God's family. And I love the way the Living Bible puts it. It says, it says this, it says, but you are members of God's very own family and you belong, there's the word, you belong in God's household with every other Christian. When you're, when you're this is, if this is your household, you're a member of the family, listen, there are rights there are privileges and there are responsibilities. Every family is like that, right? You have rights, you have privileges, but you have responsibility. Imagine what would happen if I got in my car and just drove down a random street, pulled up in a random driveway, got out, didn't bother to ring the doorbell, but just opened the door, walked in, went to the refrigerator, got something to eat, sat on a couch, got a remote control, started watching TV for a little bit, got tired, took a nap on the couch, and the homeowner came home, sees me laying on the couch. He's either A, gonna kill me, or B, he's gonna call the police and have me arrested. And he should, you know why? I don't belong there. I have no right to be there. On the other hand, if I drive down my street, pull up in my driveway, open the door of my house, go into my refrigerator, get my food, get my remote control, sit on my couch and watch my TV, that's all good. Nobody's gonna say anything. 
Because why? Because I'm part of it. I'm a member of that family. And that's part of what it's about. And when God says you are members of this family, understand, that means something. There are rights. There are privileges. But there is responsibility. You remember when you were in high school, there was always that one house? Like, every teenager converged there because it was, it was safe. And the parents of that house, they invited that. They just were like, hey, just come on, whatever. And you didn't have to knock on the door. You could walk in the door. And you could, you could get something out of the refrigerator. You could sit on the couch and you could put your feet on the table. And, and the parents would encourage that. But on the other hand, we all knew those houses where the parents were the polar opposite of that. It's like when you went in that house, you felt the chill, you got the evil eye, you knew that you really weren't, you didn't belong there and you didn't want to stick around. Let me tell you something. Here's what Foothills Church is all about. We're like that first example I gave you. We're like, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. Just come on in, welcome home. Doesn't matter if it's your first time. Welcome home. Put your feet on, you know, sit on the couch, put your feet up on the table. You're part of this thing. We want you here. You're loved. You're accepted. You belong. This is what this church is all about. This is what every church ought to be about. But sometimes we forget that mission. And we just need to keep that mentality of, look, we're all part of this family. And let's just be real honest. Families are a lot of times very dysfunctional. Like there is, at some level, every family has some dysfunction. They have some crazy uncles. They've got something going on they're not proud of. I, I, that's just it. But we serve a perfect God. And Jesus is the perfect leader of his church. We are imperfect, so we don't get it right all the time. If you're looking for a perfect church, you're not. Look, if you find it, don't go. You'll mess it up because none of us are perfect. <laughs> it's just the way that it is. So when we understand that, and we come in and say, you know what? I'm going to be a member of this, this church, this family, this body, this building is dysfunctional, crazy as it is at times. Okay, that's why I want to be a part. Why? Because this is a beautiful mess that God calls us to. It's being part of his family. It's like the Clemson game for me. Like, it was crazy. It, it, I had... They were probably looking at me and looking like they had this crazy guy standing beside me too. I mean, they're probably telling stories about me. But here's the thing. We were in it together. We didn't care. That once the game got started, we didn't care. I didn't care what they were doing. They didn't care what I did. We were together. We were, we, were, we were cheering the same team on. We had the same mission. We put all those other things aside because we were, at that point, family. This is what you do. What the church does best when it's working right is that we put all these non-essential things to the side and we say, what is our mission? Let's go after it. Let's, let's, let's introduce people to Jesus. Let's help them find and follow Jesus. Let's make a difference in the community God's called us to. That's what we do. We set aside all the non-essential little stuff that could separate us and we just put that aside. Look what it says in 1 Peter, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you should be in agreement, understanding each other, loving each other as family, being kind and humble. You know what? Here's the thing. Um, I am very thankful. Man, I have amazing biological family and, you know, in-laws and all that. I'm just, I just really fortunate. My parents, my dad's 
no longer with us, but my parents, my, my brothers, my cousins, all of, the whole thing. Great, man, awesome family. And my church family is that too. That's how I really feel about church family. Like it, it is that important. But at times, listen, when, and as family members, you don't always see eye to eye in everything, do you? I don't know any family that does that. Like they always agree about every single thing. It doesn't work that way, that's not reality. So what do you do in those times you have maybe some disagreements, you don't see eye to eye on something or you have different ideas about this or that. What do you do is you, when you're a family, you know what you do. You just kind of go, okay, we love each other through it. But in churches, people, well, here's what happens in churches. People get their feathers ruffled a little bit, don't see eye to eye with somebody, have a little fallout with somebody. Instead of working through it in a healthy manner, as family members should, they bail out. Can you imagine if you did that in your real family? Like, like your wife burnt the toast this morning. I'm just going down the street and get another family. I just can't take this anymore. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. That's crazy. Like you go, let's work this out. That's how the church is. Because we're a family. We're a family. We love each other. We need to take this position of humility toward one another. We serve one another. We do all those kind of things. Here's what it says in first. Uh, in First Timothy, I'm writing these, these things to you now. Then even if I'm delayed, you'll know how to live in the family of God. The family is the church of the living God, the support and the foundation of the truth. See, this is so important. When, when you become a, um, when, you become, when you say yes to Jesus, you give your life to Jesus, you become part of the family of God. But when you commit your, yourself to a, group of people who have committed their life to Jesus, you become a part of the family of a local church. And this is what it's all about. You need to commit yourself to one another. We commit ourselves to one another. That's what families do. We're committed. We don't always maybe get along with every, about everything, but that's okay. It's not necessary. I, I want to I just kind of share a story kind of as I wrap things up. And this is the sentiment I've heard to more than one person, but this is a classic example of someone who had that idea that, you know, the local church wasn't that important at the end of the day. There was a guy that, you, he, he, he still, I think he's still around. I don't know. I, I used to see him, like, periodically. And he would always come and always have his Bible. He was always, you know, kind of like, you could tell when you talked to him, he, he had some church background. And um, I don't know, in a conversation one time, I asked him about, like, like, hey, we got, like, we call it next. Like, how do you get plugged in? What do you, you know? I'm like, why don't you come to this next class? He's like, ah, no, I'm not going to go to that. I go, well, I, see, I mean, just wonder because I see it now and then. He goes, well, here's the deal. I'm not, I'm not a member of any church. I let the, when I wake up on Sunday morning, I don't even know where I'm going to church. I just let the Spirit of God lead me. And wherever I end up, that's where I go. And the next week I go somewhere else. And the next week I go somewhere else. And the next week I go somewhere else. And he made it kind of like sound like it was super spiritual. But all he was doing is showing his immaturity because that isn't even biblical. Like just floating around with no accountability and nowhere to serve and nowhere to use his gifts and nowhere to do it. He was just going to enjoy services and make himself look good. But here's the deal. That's not, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches in Hebrews that we're not to forsake the assembly together of the saints. In other words, we need to be together, meaning together. We also need, because we're part of a body, my, my hand couldn't say, you know what, I'm out of here today. I'm going to another body. No, it doesn't work that way. It's attached to something. 
And I just want to challenge your thinking for some of you. Most of you are here, you're like, you're bought in. You're like, yes. But let me challenge you, okay? If you're not convinced at the local church, again, it doesn't have to be foothills. I mean, I hope it is. I'm biased. I believe this is a great church. But if it's not here, it needs to be somewhere where you can go and become really part of that family, exercising those gifts, being part of that body you're intended to be, being part of that brick in that building. Your life, you're the, you, you, it's hard to explain the value that you will get out of that. Not that you're in it to get something, but you will feel the value of that. When you just come to a church service and never really engage, it's fine, that's good and all that. Look, if you're new to the area, you're checking different things out, whatever, okay, I get it. But if you've been for a while and you're like non-committal because you're not convinced that you need to be, I'm just gonna push back on that and say that's not biblical. You need to find a place. You need to find a family. A, a, a church, a, a follower of Jesus without a church family is an oxymoron. You need a church family. And you need to plug in and you need to give, go all in. That's the terminology we use, all in. Heard it somewhere. I don't know where we heard that from, but we heard it somewhere. So you go, we go all in. And when we go all in, what we're saying is that, look, we're, that looks different for everybody, depending on where you are in the journey. But it basically says, I'm part of this thing. I believe in the mission here. I believe God's got me here. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to serve. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of this thing. You can count on me. That's what I'm talking about. And if you've never done that, we have this thing called Next. I don't even know when the next one's scheduled. It's, it's, it's in November sometime. But when you go to Next, you hear about this church a little bit more. Right? We just talk about the heartbeat. And then we talk about how you can get plugged in. Because we really value the local church. And we value you. And I don't believe you're here by accident. Because God's got a bigger plan for you. So here's how I want to close. First, I wanted to address people, maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. That's where it begins. That's, look, you can, you can belong here before you believe. If you're here just checking things out, I'm glad you're here. Like, that's awesome. You're just kicking the tires of Christianity. You're not sure. This is, this is a great place to be. But once you make that decision to follow Jesus, let's get plugged in, okay? So if you haven't yet really trusted Jesus as your savior, that's where it begins. That's how you become part of the family of God. Just placing, recognizing that you're a sinner in need of a savior. Jesus is the only savior that could save you. He paid the price by dying on a cross for your sins. And he wants a relationship with you because he loves you. And if you've never done that, I want to give you an opportunity. In fact, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. And if that's you in this room today, watching online, and you're going, you know, that's where I'm at. I, I, I never really made a commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe just offer a prayer like this. Jesus, I'm giving you my life today. I'm giving you my heart. I believe you died on that cross for me. And I, I desire a relationship with you. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. And I will follow you for the rest of my life. Now, God, I pray for those who maybe have made that decision, but we're, we're, we're just kind of, we're not really totally bought in or plugged in to the local church. 
We come, we go. We enjoy it when we're here, but we don't really take it any further. We don't really engage. We don't really step into this thing. We're, we're just kind of drifting. And if that's you today, I just want to encourage you. God's got bigger plans than that for you. Don't sell yourself short. God wants to use you, your gifts, your abilities, your talents. He wants you to be a brick that's filled into this beautiful building that he's creating. A member of this family that's just an important part of what's going on here. So if that's you, I just pray that you would just take those steps. Instead of just coming and going, instead of kind of just getting out as quickly as possible after a service, you'd linger, you'd talk, you'd be, just be part of it. And then I want to pray also, God, for next week and then the following Saturday, October 29th, when we go out in force. And I pray that every single one of us, whatever we've got that's on our calendar that might be kind of conflicting with that, I pray that we would put precedent over the importance of serving together, that a thousand of us getting out there and, and making a difference, serving our community. And when people drive by, they go, what's that all about? They find out that's a church that cares about this community. And they may say, I want to know more about that church. And more importantly, I want to know more about their God. So God, use us as we go out and impact us community. You've placed us in. May we bloom where we're planted. And God, may you get all the glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.